0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Caleb Walgren, and it is Season 3, Episode 62 of the show, and we are ready to have an excellent discussion. Uh, To start that discussion, I am joined by my co-host, who happens to love a great orange.
1: Oh, I'm saying, where are you going with
0: this? Where are you going with this? (laughs) It's, It's always a, where am I going with this? It's a... I just throw random things out there and hope that Sean finds them to be agreeable enough that he doesn't just try to kick me off the podcast yeah, within I... two <laughs> seconds of starting the show. Well, you know, I, I did have to point
1: out, though, You one of the things, and you do this occasionally, do this occasionally, and every time you do it, I feel like I have to call it out. Uh, you, you said it's the latest episode, which technically speaking, um, if you are listening to it, <laughs> and it is the latest episode, then that is accurate. But if you happen to be listening to this episode, not... As the latest then you know it's not the, the latest but it's funny though right I do have to say I do have to say and I'm, I'm calling anybody out here if you happen to be listening to this episode and it is after release date why why are you doing this <laughs> this is they a, this is a game right. preview <laughs> this is a game preview and you're like you know what I already know what happens in that game but let me go ahead and listen to this anyway. But if you really like us, then bah, I guess you really like us. We're, I mean, I'm not gonna. We're cool with it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna discourage you too much. So I take it all back. I wholeheartedly encourage you to go back and listen to older episodes. You know, because those are our favorite. Those are our absolute favorite. We have some of the best, best quality stuff uh, recorded in a, an office break room on a telephone.
0: Hey, we have not gotten to the Thanksgiving draft, so that that will probably happen again, uh, as it is one of the only things that is a tradition here. In Sports talk. Uh, so, we're here to talk about the Thursday night football preview between the 2-0 Carolina Panthers as they travel and face the 1-1 Houston Texans. So all-time Carolina leads the series three games to two not really a surprise because they haven't been around that much Uh, and Carolina lost the first two actually and have won three in a row so they're going to try to see if they can extend that winning streak Uh, let's go ahead and I'm going to start by looking at the injury report for this matchup so three players in this game got placed on injured reserve today that includes for the Carolina Panthers guard Pat Elfline And for the Houston Texans, they placed both quarterback Tyrod Taylor and wide receiver Nico Collins on injured reserve today. Other than that, they have said for the Panthers that their defensive end uh, that we may have drafted last year when we did our two-round mock draft, Uh, we probably didn't have them going to Carolina. But the defensive end from Penn State, Yotur Gross Matos, Uh, you can't get that name out of your head when you know it (laughs) is out this week. And also for the Texans, we're not sure if they're going to be out or not, but they've been do not practice so far this week is wide receiver Danny Amendola with a thigh injury and cornerback Terrence Mitchell, who is dealing with a concussion from this past week. Obviously, Sean, the biggest news from all the injury report, Tyrod Taylor is out. Yes, he is. He's, he started the first two games, and uh, Davis Mills came in against the Browns, and he was able to put up seven points. It's
1: <laughs> a lot. That's uh, that's more than um, you know. Brissett was able to to do so. That's a fact. Know. Seven is greater than zero.
0: Math. Welcome to Brody Sports Math. Um, <laughs> so, Sean. Any anything that stands out to you? Do you think Davis Mills, uh getting his first career NFL start, kind of odd that, you know, he's replacing Tyrod Taylor in week three? Kind of has some sort of uh Tyrod Taylor gets replaced by a rookie quarterback uh two weeks into the season vibes, uh similar to Cleveland and the Chargers. One, how bad do you feel for Tyrod and two, uh how do you think Davis Mills can do against this solid Panthers defense? So I legitimately
1: feel absolutely like terrible for Tyrod Taylor. It has to be atrocious for him to consistently deal season in and season out with a situation like this. And, uh, you know, very unlucky. I, this really started to feel like it was his team. And I think that to a great extent, it still is. Uh, I don't think they've really kind of outlined what the timeline is for him as far as returning. Uh, I was trying to look that up, and I really couldn't find anything that was substantial.
0: Well, uh, with injured reserve that they put him on today, he has to miss at least three games.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it. Well, they haven't really outlined what, um, you know, beyond that. So missing at least three games is one thing, but is this a, you know going to be four to six weeks which is what I saw could have been an um or what I saw in one article say was the expected timeline well I don't think Davis Mills is very good um I mean I know we we've talked about him briefly during some of our draft talk but this is this is a team especially offensively that people expected to be uh mediocre to subpar, and a defense that nobody gave any sort of credit to. Now, I feel like it's not necessarily the shoes on the other foot, but now they're wearing the same kind of shoes. Uh, This is a defense that nobody expects anything from, and now this is an offense that nobody expects anything from. Uh, I do worry for this offense with Mills at the helm. I just don't think anything's
0: going to happen. I think that that's, that's a fair expectation. Uh, So uh, after the injury report, of course, we each have our own segments. Derek uh, is not joining us on this episode. If you didn't already figure that out because I didn't introduce him earlier, Uh, but he, he loves offensive linemen, defensive linemen. So we of course wanted to continue and talk about the trench war. And that's of course, one of the stars of the Brody 100, Laramie Tunsell, uh, he does not have a gas mask on. He's just got his helmet on. And he is going to be going up most likely against Hassan Reddick of the Panthers. Now, I did double-check. Uh, Hassan Redick has three sacks already in this young season. Uh, Brian Burns will probably be coming off the other side. Uh, Brian Burns was a, a high draft pick for Carolina last year. So the Panthers' defense is really getting it going from both sides. If Davis Mills is going to have a chance, we he really needs Laramie Tunsell to win. You know, maybe one or two hurries or pressures from that side, no sacks. The Texans really need a flawless game from their left tackle. And I do think that in general, while uh, Hassan Reddick did have a fantastic game last year against the Giants, uh, he had a five-sack performance when he was back with the Cardinals. I don't think that he's going to have nearly that good of a game, of course. But I think that Tunsil's is probably going to be able to hold up depending on how carolina does things i almost would say well it's the other side of the field and make those three players go one-on-one and see if you can get there anyway uh sean what do you think about this this trench war so some stats through two
1: games um around the panthers defense uh they have the fewest yards allowed fewest points allowed fewest passing yards allowed fewest rushing yards allowed most sacks, most quarterback hits and the lowest defensive third down percentage. Uh I I, I hear that's Both pretty good. good. I hear that's pretty good. <laughs> uh so I do worry <laughs> that this is this is going to be a not necessarily a trench battle or a trench war, um but a trench massacre. And especially with a rookie quarterback who I think is not going to know how to trust his line when it comes to scrambling and know basically where to have those slight breaks in positioning, the slight jostling that you have to do in the pocket. You know there are going to be some ugly sacks. And this is, like I said, I think this is going to be a trench massacre.
0: I do feel like in general, this is going to be a... Let's use as many of that stable of running backs as we have type game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to steal anything from your skill showdown. Let me double check real quick. No, it's... Okay, um, I'm going in a, a different direction. Going yeah. in a different direction. Good. Um, well, actually, that might be my... Yeah, I'll talk about that more in the coaching clash. I'll talk about the running backs more okay. there. So uh, let's go ahead and go to the skill showdown. Sean, Skill. Uh, what, yeah. what do you have there? So I have the Texans,
1: um, you know, wide receivers against... Some of the uh, some of the corners for the Panthers. So I have uh, Brandon Cooks and Chris Conley against J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. So what I want to specifically highlight here is the the difference I think in what these wide receivers were able to do earlier in the season versus what there's likely going to happen here. So because this, you know, we just talked about it with this with this trench war. The Panthers have been able to do something that I don't think a lot of people expected and they've been able to consistently mix it up uh, in some of their like some of their rush packages, some of their blitz, blitz packages. They have found ways to both stifle the run and disrupt quarterback momentum and rhythm, which I think is huge, right? I think it's absolutely huge. And they were able to do it against a very a team that basically, you know, came out offensively and slapped the Packers. But they were able to. to Kamara looked uh, like uh, the worst I think I've ever seen him. Uh, Winston had no idea what he was doing, and the Saints just simply looked bad. So when you look at these receivers, Brandon Cooks is is good. Right, I, I know I you can you can say anything you want about the Texans offense. Brandon Cooks is probably the best player on that offense and was last season as well. So you you have to think okay, well he's probably still going to be able to just regardless of who's throwing in the football, he's probably going to still find some catches. But I have a feeling that it doesn't matter how good these guys do. Right. There's going to be enough pressure on Mills Enough of this Texans O-line not being able to do what they need to do that Mills' passes are going to be erratic and they are going to be inconsistent. So Conley and Cooks are going to need to step it up because one, you know, this is a secondary that is going to be opportunistic. This is a secondary that is going to look to shut down some of these passing lanes. And it's going to require individual brilliant performances on the half of these wideouts maybe some you know breaking a tackle getting a lot of yards after catch and trying to find ways to put the texans into scoring positions uh because i mean realistically you know they they've got that stable of running backs but that stable of running backs those aren't you know all stars right they, these aren't these aren't guys that are that are in the uh, you know prime of their running back career, so it's going to be a tough road. And like I said, I think instead of you know because Tyrod had some some fantastic throws early in the season, he looked good. This is a different story. This is going to require these wide receiver and the entire wide receiver core, to be honest, to really step it up to help out their quarterback. So I have a feeling this is a. You know, a a battle that the Panthers win pretty easily, and I don't think the bulk of it even is going to be dependent on the wideouts. I think this is all a team effort, but we're going to mostly see it here in the secondary, and I guarantee you Mills is going to have a pick or two, probably going to have a fumble, and, you know, they're going to look stifled.
0: Uh, Would you, if you are calling up the plays or the scheme for the Panthers defense, are you doubling cooks? I feel like you have to, um, I feel like you have
1: to go through and shut, you have to try to eliminate an outlet, right? Because with a rookie quarterback, they're going to try to hone in on somebody. They're not really going to have enough trust, I think, to spread the ball out consistently and enough confidence, especially for Mills who wasn't expecting to play, um, in the playbook. So you're going to maybe have you know your your initial read and then your second your third guy, but you know odds are especially as a rookie and an inexperienced rookie at that, uh, from you know regards to getting reps in training camp and whatnot, in, in practice you're likely going to hone in on that first look, and if he's doubled, you can probably force Mills into making some uh, unfortunate throws into double coverage or even you know overthrowing a guy and then your safety is swooping in it's you you have some options I think and there's really not a whole lot of players that you're truly worried about offensively uh on the Texans outside of Cooks
0: I think that that's fair and so general i was talking uh, a little bit earlier about the running back options because i think that in general you want to try to establish the run i mean they did bring david coley over from the baltimore ravens it is more of a run first team if you look at their stats and their first two games they have been fairly balanced in both their running and passing attack which in today's nfl you still see it a lot more where it's more pass than run so When you see Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, uh, David Johnson, maybe even a little bit, I think you're going to see those run plays and you might see some screen passes. I definitely would hit Brandon Cooks up with some wide receiver screens or bubble screens. Just see what you can get going that way. But as far as the running backs are concerned, the person who's coaching them is none other than Danny Barrett. Now, most of you probably don't recognize the name Danny Barrett, but he has had time as a quarterback for the University of Cincinnati back in the day. And then also for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about a former EFL player. He actually also coached there. He was the head coach of the Rough Riders from 2000 to 2006, including getting them to the playoffs multiple times Uh, going to the Grey Cup a couple of times, which is their Super Bowl. But Danny Barrett, he has been, uh, after that time, he transitioned to being a college coach and ended up being an interim coach at the University of Buffalo when Turner Gill left for Kansas. And then he also was an interim head coach at Central Florida when George O'Leary stepped down. And that's when he ended up making a transition into the NFL. So in his first year as an NFL running backs coach, it was the breakout campaign for Jay Ajayi of the Miami Dolphins. You know, all Sunday. of a sudden he came out of nowhere, and let's face it, as soon as he was no longer with the Dolphins, Jay Ajayi kind of disappeared out of nowhere. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot when he went to the Eagles, if I remember correctly. Um... But. He was pretty uh, pretty crucial to our, our Super Bowl run. Okay. So. so the first year. The first yeah. year he was. Big, yeah, yeah, aside from 20. that. Okay. But Danny Barrett was the one who kind of helped him get to prominence. After they got rid of J.J. Kenyon Drake came on the scene, and Danny Barrett was his running backs coach. Since then, he's been with the Houston Texans. So he was there when Lamar Miller came over from Miami to Houston. And he's been there with some of these backs. And I would say if you've watched the backs through a couple of games, the backs have not been what has been disappointing. I think Danny Barrett has been doing a good job. He has a good track record in his career of coaching running backs. And he kind of stayed over from the Bill O'Brien era to the David Coley era in Houston. And anytime you're a coach that stays over, it's someone that people have a lot of respect for. And interestingly enough, he's going up against Mike Sarravo, the linebackers coach for the Carolina Panthers. Now, if you don't recognize the name Mike Sarravo, it's probably because he has not been an NFL head or an NFL coach of any kind for very long. He has been riding the Matt Rule train for several years. In college, he primarily was with Boston College and then Temple and then Boston College again and then Temple again. And that's where he and Matt Rule met up. And then he followed him to Baylor and then came to with him to Carolina. He's been a linebackers coach for Matt rule the whole time. So right now he's coaching Shaq Thompson and the linebackers who are going to be responsible for trying to shut this rushing attack. And this, what I think is going to be a screen heavy game down, you know, linebackers against offensive linemen is the matchup you want as an offensive coordinator. And I don't know that they're going to get it much. The, the Panthers are going to be trying to get an attack downhill. And I think it will be a lot of fun to watch. I think that we're going to see some of this. Hopefully it doesn't get out of hand too early where you see it being more of this passing game for Davis mills. If Davis mills is going out and having 40 to 45 attempts, things went horribly wrong for Houston. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Danny Barrett, Mike Saravo, some coaches to keep an eye on, because I think that that's going to be an integral part of, what could be helping this stay a close game for Thursday night.
1: No, I, I completely agree. It's If the Texans are able to stay in this game, it is going to be on the back of a consistent running game, and I think a, a mix of looks uh, with their run-centric packages and you know a strong, strong – because you would expect Ingram to get the bulk of the carries uh, – a strong vintage Mark Ingram performance.
0: Well, last but not least, it is always a good thing to close with some picks against the spread. Uh, Derek did give us his prediction, so I'm going to give him his due because I believe he is 2-0 and in his Thursday night football picks as he had Dallas and the Giants covering the first two weeks. And he has the Texans covering again, so he's going with an underdog to cover. It's Texans plus 7.5. And, uh, Sean, uh, what, what side of that are you on? Are you going to be with the Texans cover or, are you with the, or the Texans cover or the Panthers covering the, the spread there? This is a double-digit Panthers win.
1: Uh, this is not a good situation for the Texans by any stretch. This isn't even a good situation even if Tyrod was fully healthy. Uh, this is a Panthers team that has looked really good against teams that are like basically considered to be better than the Texans and it's it's not going to be pretty uh i don't think it's gonna be a tremendously high scoring game this this has the all the harm like makings of like a 24 to 10 um or you know like 27 13 maybe uh i can even see a 20 to 7 either way this is a double digit panthers win so i'm going to go with panthers at minus seven and a half
0: that makes sense uh I just realized that after this, the Panthers traveled to play the Cowboys. So I'm going to say that this is the Panthers' Texas two-step road trip. And uh, while I don't know what exactly was going to happen in that second one, I'm curious. I want to see if the Panthers can score more. They only put up 19 against the Jets. While they were up 17 to nothing at the half against the Saints, they only scored 26. I want to see some sort of Sam Darnold-Christian McCaffrey breakout game. And I know that Lovey Smith is the defensive coordinator for the Texans. So I, I don't think it's going to be easy. But I want to see if the Panthers hit 30. I think that they will cover the 7.5 spread. When I'm trying to think of something for a game prediction, especially because I don't trust their kickers, they've missed point after attempts both weeks, I'm leaning something like Panthers 23, Texans 13. Like, it's, it's not going to be a thriller of a game by mm-hmm. my opinion but I do think that the Panthers are going to go out and take care of business and cover this spread
1: I think that's uh, I think that's reasonable and I Frank for the sake of uh, I know we're going to talk about it on our Friday episode um, but I think for the sake of my dynasty team I would be all about CMC getting
0: all the good stuff yeah let's see if CMC can put up 60 fantasy points come on Christian Let's see if you can get it done. That's what we all really want to see.
1: I mean, you have them in our... Uh, in our. I, I do, and I'm
0: okay with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to get into fantasy. You almost had me going. I know. right? We had to wait. A sec- next I'm episode. Like, next episode. Fantasy Fridays. Fantasy Fridays. They're coming out tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you see us, because that is the best way to stay on top of all of our episodes uh if you can give us a five-star review apple podcast pod chaser you know that you love to say positive things about the brodies so you can do that there uh maybe you want to cop yourself some brody merch you can do that and find your favorite podcasting platforms to subscribe on in our link tree it's l-i-n-k-t-r dot slash brody talk and man uh Panthers keep pounding, or as my kids would call them, the big meows. So we'll have to see what happens on this Thursday night game. And uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, you have a good one. We're signing out. Bye. Later.